Hello, folks. This is me, KP, and I am here with Blake Beretta. Let's see. It is, if I am correct, it is indie wrestler, personal trainer, stuntman, and podcast host, Blake Beretta. Is that right? That is right. That is me with the one and only Blake Beretta. Did you did you know that you were that busy? I didn't know I was that busy. I actually laid it out. I was like, man, I got a lot of stuff going on. I didn't even know that. It's like a, not a typical day in the neighborhood for me. <laughs> He's going around being great. <laughs> I am trying my best. I got a lot of people to catch up. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. What we're going to do today, guys, is I have noticed Blake and I kind of communicate because we, we met through Crossbones in a way, and he has been a contributor, and hopefully Blake will be a contributor periodically. And I noticed he had some frustration with the Jake Paul signing in WWE. I noticed he's had some frustration with all of the athletes that they are bringing to WWE. And so I thought, why don't we talk about that with somebody who actually has been in the business in the indies and looks at it differently than maybe I might look at it because I'm not a person who has given my blood, sweat, and tears to being in a ring. And that's why I wanted to talk to you about all this today. Is that cool? Yeah, that's cool. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, we'll talk about that after this. Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live-action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear, and peaking with RoboCop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now... Go home, heat. Blake, tell us, first of all, tell us where we can find you other than here. Oh, you can find me on Blake Beretta on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can also find uh, me on the Banging and Clanging Sports Podcast with uh, Crossbones, as we always do one ourselves down there. You can see all the crazy stories we give out and all the crazy antics on uh, the YouTube page, Clang and Bang, as well. Awesome. Awesome. Now, you can also, you can obviously, you can find us wherever you're listening to us right now, along with your iHeartRadio app, your iPhone, Spotify, your the Daily Smart. You can find us all over the place. So, oh, a bullhorn, any of those apps, you can find us at and listen to us at. Always subscribe and like. Let's move into how you got into the wrestling business. Now, you're you're growing up. It's the ruthless aggression era, which to me is a fantastic era for in-ring performers. The, That's right. The, the indie scene has been crushed uh, by Mr. McMahon, and uh, TNA kind of is starting to evolve out of the South. Who were some of the wrestlers that you really admired as a young man or as a oh, man. teen? As a, well, originally when I first started watching pro wrestling, it was act- the first image I ever got in my head was when Mick Foley, Undertaker, and they showed a highlight on the Monday Night Raw when Foley got thrown off the cell. And I was like, I don't know how old I was. Maybe I could have been like maybe seven or nine years old that time watching it. But growing up during those times and Attitude Era um, and also Rooster's Aggression, you know, I was idolized wrestlers like, you know, The Rock, Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels, and then in the um, Aggression Era, you know, I admired Cena as well, Batista, and Triple H was around that time as well. And there's so many great athletes. Of course, Eddie Guerrero, another one of my favorites, and Rey Mysterio. You know, athletes like that, you know, who paid away for a lot of superstars for now. Now, if I'm uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Now, you did some taekwondo training. You did some amateur wrestling in high school. You played a little football. 
And then when you get through, you move into trying to be a wrestler. All right. Who did you train with? I trained with the great, the assassin, Jody Hamilton, and his son, Nick Patrick. Legendary NWO referee, Nick Patrick. That's right. Right. And now his dad. And now Jody Hamilton, if I'm he was he had his own wrestling company, right? Deep South Wrestling, and then he moves into being he transitions into being the head trainer at the power plant. If I'm is that right? Yeah, like he, he had Deep South Wrestling, and um, he was the head trainer for the power plant for WCW. He was the the man in charge of that. Now he was. I, I want to say you you told me earlier in the conversation that they were huge influences on you. Oh yeah, Nick, Jody, they were a huge influence. I mean, they're like uh I want to say like uh they're like family to me. Like Jody's like, you know, like another dad to me. Nick's like another like an older brother, I want to say. Took care of me and, you know, made sure like nothing happens to me while I was in Indies. Make sure like bookers don't try to, you know, take advantage of a young kid breaking into the business. Like, you know, they always were like right there until it was time to me for the branch out of my own. Like they were always there like to, you know, help me with the training and, you know, everything that I need to, to, you know, work in this business. Right. Well, hopefully, hopefully I'm going to get to have you back and we can dive into your experiences specifically in the indie circuits and, and with the training process and all of that. Cause I think that stuff's fascinating and I'd like to be able to spend some time diving into that deeper when we have more time, but I want to transition into the developmental and now did you try out with nxt or did you were you just trying to get a tryout with nxt yeah it was like a uh, try when i had with nxt they mostly like want to take a look at me so um they gave me some extra work to do as well so it's back when nxt was black and gold and at that time i think tomaso chomp and johnny gargano were having the epic view that time Mm-hmm. So I just went there for like a like a two day process, just like you know, like to introduce myself, you know, see how the how the show was run there. They got to take a look at me and see how I was, how I was not just you know as a wrestler, but they wanted to see like as a person too. And you know, I got a chance to meet Triple H and Shawn Michaels. You know, they probably won't even remember me now because I was just that was like I only met him like probably like that. I met Sha- I met Shawn twice and Triple H once. <laughs> really. <laughs> it, yeah, so it was like a it was it was busy that day. I remember it was like when you go backstage in like one of those wrestling events, it's like everything is like clockwork over there. It's like it's like a being on a movie set. And you've been yeah. on a few movie sets. Oh yeah, I worked. I, I was been on a couple of movies too. Like I was trying to break break in, break into the movie business nowadays, like as a stuntman. So I've been on a quite a few movie sets. So I saw how it was run. I was like, okay, this is kind of familiar. This is like. How should I put it? It's like WWE is like a live. It's like a live action performance. That's what it is. Did you get to move through developmental and look at how they have things set up and all that pretty well? I wasn't able to like when, uh, when I did the two days. Yeah, at, at the uh, NXT place, they brought me in to do extra work as well. I was at Full Sail University. Oh, okay. Me, you know, yeah, they gave me some stuff to do. So after that two days, you know, I was like, you know, it's waiting for an email or callback or something you know i just got a one email that like i don't know what i did with it now but i deleted it but i didn't hear back from them so it's like i was like yeah so after the pandemic happened i was like oh okay i was like this stuff is just gonna go up in the air then i was hoping when everything opens back up maybe i get a call back or something but never did so no hard feelings or nothing right business Like, like you said earlier this time period is the black and gold brand, and it is heavy on indie wrestlers. To me, you tell you're more of an expert than I am. It felt like 
the indie wrestlers that come into NXT to be in black and gold, they keep the character they had on the indies. Yeah, pretty much. They kept the characters they had on the indies. Maybe some maybe have like a name change or something, but pretty much they had the same character and stuff like that. It's kind of it was comfortable because I was like I was like all right, this is like professional wrestling. That's why like the black and gold brand like you know, uh, to me it was like the best product they had. Like I I you know I I prefer that over Raw and SmackDown when that was black and gold because I had it was so much fun watching it. Man, I'm with you. The, my favorite wrestling program maybe ever was those NXT years where you had from Sami Zayn through Shinsuke through Rude through to Drew and through to the Adam Cole years and then AEW came along and I was hoping that it would mean that we would get those two brands giving us wonderful things into the future but events pivoted away from that and that's what we're talking about you know you have this pandemic and then you have WWE get rid of a bunch of people and then they they kind of pivot away from what the black and gold brand is. What do you think about the way they're going about things currently? Too much. I don't really watch NXT 2.0. I gave it a chance. It just didn't work for me. You know, I have like, I know, I know people like that on there, like Braun Breaker. I know him pretty well. Like we used to work out at a gym in, um, in Georgia called Stacks. So, you know, time to time I'll see him and we'll talk and hang out for a little bit. So, I'm, I'll maybe watch it for him, but otherwise I don't really watch it 2.0 because I didn't like the way it's formatted. I didn't like the color scheme and the way they presented it. I don't really like it. It's more like, uh, I don't know how they want to say it. It's not, it doesn't feel like pro wrestling. It felt like more like I'm watching a, I don't know, maybe a TV show, but it has good, great wrestlers on. They have some pro wrestlers on there, like, but the whole format and everything, I just can't. I feel like they stepped away from what it was that made everybody love NXT. The black and gold brown was so like authentic, and it was it was fresh, it was hot. When you go like when I was backstage, and like uh, I don't know how it is now, but when you go backstage, the black gold, it's like you could even smell in the air. I don't know, if that's weird, but the smell in the air is like it felt like you smell pro wrestling. Like I felt the indies, I felt those, I felt like those wrestlers that claw, biting clawing the way to get to the main roster it's like i don't know it just it's just like a like a fantastic feeling but now it's like kind of like watered down where it's like well it's more vince's nxt where you know i don't want pro wrestlers i just want to how i don't know people with social media appeal people who are like already been on tv who are already established people who don't really love the business but it says hey I want to get on TV and make a few bucks. So that's, I, you know, I just feel like they just got away with what, what made NXT, what everybody loved about NXT, which is real grit professional wrestling. Now that's why you were kind of anxious or you put some stuff out there when Jake Paul got signed. N nothing against that dude. You don't know him, but the premise of, I have many, many, many people that would love to have this one slot of 15 minutes on a Monday night every week for a little while. And this guy gets mm -hmm. to do it just because he's really big on YouTube is, I want to say, I hope I'm not overstating it, a little bit of a slap in the face. Yeah, slap. I want to say that you're spitting out everybody's faces. <laughs> I was like, I was like, like no offense to the guy. Like, I don't know. In person, maybe in real life, he's a nice guy. But just because who he is, like, oh, YouTube famous, social media guy, great. Like, he's going to have his fans follow. But you look at the wrestling fans, they're not excited. They're like, what's the point of this they're not gauged in this like 
you could have gave this the spot to somebody else who's well this des- well deserving. That's Cedric Alexander. He he could have that spot right. The guy's tremendous in the ring, and you guys are just not doing anything with him. What about Tazawa? You have him do that twenty four seven thing, but the guy's not a tremendous athlete. He could take that spot and do something big with it. But you want like a Logan Paul? Who, I don't know. Maybe he does have love for the business. Maybe he doesn't. But if he does have love for the business, he got to prove it out there. Just, hey, I, I'm really passionate about this. I love this. I'm going to give it my all and show you and prove everybody wrong that you guys thought, you know, something else about me. But I feel like he's in it for just for himself. I feel like what Logan Paul is, he's like, I'm just doing this just to, you know, make big bucks and just I don't care about pro wrestling. I just want to be on TV somewhere. Let's pivot on to what you said right there. I think you're on to something because if you notice, like the NIL deal next in line, but the NIL deal that the NCAA created an avenue for amateur athletes to get paid because they can use their names image and likenesses the wwe pivoted and started to sign i think 15 ish a year athletes to these contracts and i want to read to you a little bit of what i found on the website here about that they offer training resources and access to obviously the facilities but these people are all over the country so they're not going to get a lot of access to the facilities right if you're yeah if you're a cheerleader in nevada or you're a discus thrower in tennessee you're not going to be getting down to Tampa a lot to use those resources. But they, they offer brand building, media training, communications, live event promotion, creative writing, and communication relationships. Once the program is completed, selected athletes may earn an opportunity at a contract. 31 NIL signees as of June 25th are active athletes and six have graduated and signed or are in negotiations to sign. And it feels like they are absolutely signing people with big social media presences, which, and I get it, because you know that the WWE prides itself on being heavily downloaded, on being really big in social media. And if they can bring in a Logan Paul who's going to get them more and more views, you know, at the core of WWE is a WrestleMania one where he goes and grabs a Mr. T in order to get eyes on the on the product outside of the normal wrestling fan. That's why you have a Liberace walking around and Ali walking around. And you have Cindy Lauper come in, the whole rock and wrestling thing. And that is who Vince, because I know Vince is a tricky subject to talk about nowadays, but that is who he is yeah. as a promoter. He is very, I need to bring people into this that don't like it. And I think he takes, and you, I think he takes us for granted because we watch wrestling every week. Exactly. I do think that they bring people in and they're basically they're teaching them the skills to be creative writing, communications, all that, media training. That's for those skills. The creative writing is probably to help work with the writers backstage. You go in and you say, hey, they told me I got to be this character and you're the guy signed to write me stuff. How do we work that out? The other stuff is how to behave outside of the ring. Right? Exactly. That's another, yeah, that's a big nut of the part, how to behave outside the ring. You should don't be, say, like, if you're a big star, you'd be saying, behave, like, inappropriately outside. That's going to affect WDE and person big time. Like, that's lawsuit stuff you don't, they don't want to get into. Right. They got enough lawsuits with Vince. They got way too much right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's pivot, though, because then you wind up, let's say that goes right, you wind up in developmental, right? And to me, mm-hmm. It's kind of a unique thing because you actually wor- worked with a man who, who ran the power plant. And when I look at your NXT developmental mixture, what it is is oh, 
Triple H looks at an OVW, and then he look and, and you know he trained at the power plant, and he merged those right. two. Yeah, he merges those two concepts to give us what we we knew as developmental slash NXT, and then he kind of goes away from it because he thinks he can create this third brand. And what I would guess happens is they get that developmental contract because they have the bodies and. You know, Vince likes for people to be able, and I've heard Triple H say it, when you're scrolling through the channels, you see something, you stop, because that person is built a certain way, it looks a certain way. I know when they talk about diversity, it, it almost feels like, yeah, it's diversity in that they have to be really beautiful, you know, a wide variety, though, of beautiful people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Got to be appealing to the eyes. <laughs> right, and also like a giant or well-defined and things like that. This I found interesting because it popped up last week. Did you hear what Road Dog said about Seth Rollins last week? No, I didn't hear it. What did he say? Okay, he told a story, and he I don't think he dislikes Seth Rollins now, but he told a story about how when Seth first came into OBW, he had this move. You know, Seth, the Tyler Black version of Seth, did a lot of mosh pit style jumping around and stuff. And, yeah. and he would do that before he did some form of an elbow. Road Dog looks and says, Seth, or Tyler, or whatever, Colby, whatever, whatever you called him, the setup to the move is better than the move itself. You need to drop that move. And Seth fired back with something to the effect of, I'm not changing. This is who I am. And that tells the tale. They had to arm wrestle Seth in a lot of ways. He had a lot of these uh, come-to-Jesus moments. Road Dog went to Triple H and was like, hey, I'm not talking to that kid again. And he said, he said, you know, he didn't have ability to take advice. And then eventually he did take advice. And then I heard Triple H say last week, and I, I want to say Road Dog echoed it, that they will sign indie wrestlers going forward, but they're not going to be signing these 10 and 11-year veterans because they want to yeah. be able to mold them. Because they have a performance center, so they want to use it. Right, right. And if you notice, think about, think about this, Blake. Hmm. When they when they send a guy up, send somebody up from developmental now to the main roster, they immediately change their name, tweak the character. I don't know. See, the difference between NXT before and, and NXT now is like you were watching a rock concert or a metal concert before, and now it's a pop concert, right? And I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Go ahead. Like Nickelodeon, I want to say. <laughs> <Now>. <laughs> I get it. But I, you know, with all the colors and all that. But I like what they're doing right now, currently. But when you watch it, you know that none of these people that are tied to their characters, they're creating actors. And you said last the other day when we talked that you felt like it's not a wrestling company anymore. No, it's not a wrestling company anymore. Like uh, Vince would probably say too, we're not. A, Vince, uh, I think there's a couple of words I saw online. Vince doesn't like certain words, and wrestler is one of them. It's a TV show now. It's entertainment. So. He doesn't want he doesn't want wrestling no more. So it's pretty much like he he just want to be a regular, action-packed TV show. If WWE hadn't have had such a huge global brand, soon as like after WrestleMania three or so, he would have pivoted away from the name wrestling because he cut wrestling. Like, they're not allowed to say that they're wrestlers or superstars. When they talk about it, it's sports entertainment. It's not wrestling. You know that kind of thing. It, it is interesting because he's created a product. Did you watch SmackDown last night? Yeah, I did watch SmackDown last night. How much wrestling did you see? Not that much. There was like a couple. <laughs> it's funny. You see a couple matches, then you see ad breaks, recaps, more recaps, more ad breaks, and like a little bit of wrestling. 
and then the main event was probably the best match of the night. <laughs> yeah, it's the most watched wrestling show week in and week out mm-hmm. of all television. And yet, like not this week, but last week, I think there was 18 minutes of in-ring action. Yeah. Two weeks in a row, Lacey Evans comes out, and she doesn't wrestle a match. She just cuts. Yep. She just chews the crowd out and moves on. Right. I do yeah. like SmackDown is not a wrestling show, and I, I like SmackDown. I do. I, yeah. I, I don't have an issue with it. it it's just I kind of have to realize what I'm watching, and if I think I'm going to get. This like here's the thing, you watch AEW. Oh yeah, I watch AEW. Okay, I was trying to make a list. What matches did you like on AEW this week? Cesaro and Hager had the best match of the week. I want to say. Okay, fair. That's fair. I thought it was Mox and uh, Takeshi. You've seen him. I say his name wrong all the time. Takeshi. I thought Mox had the match of the week two weeks in a row. But I don't have a problem with your point. But also, I was listing really great matches. And I thought the Seth Theory-Riddle-Lashley match was really great. Oh, that was good. And then I rattled off Phoenix versus Private Party last night. Wardlow Cassidy was great. Mox Takashita was great. Bucks, Hobbs. Every no, Maybe every match but two on AEW this week were were really great in-ring matches. Matches and Tony is on a roll as far as that goes, but it's funny because in five hours of television, we got a couple good matches in WWE, and they were all on Raw. Yeah, you know the the match, I, the the actual match last night between um, the USO and Dawkins was good, but you know it was all set up for the yeah exactly like the match like like last night that was amazing like the finish was good. They got everything. That was the best part of the night. Like they got everything. They got all points in the match right. Yeah, yesterday in that in that match. It's it's interesting. Now here's a question: Do you think that Vince pivoted away from NXT Black and Gold because of the loss to AEW, or do you think he pivoted away from it because he kept getting people on his brought up that he couldn't really make meld to what he wanted? I think it's both probably, because I know sometimes Vince doesn't. You know, Vince has always said like, you know, he doesn't think of them as competition, but he has an eye on them. So that means that he, they are like, like somewhat competition to them because you couldn't beat them in the ratings, but you're still not beating them in the ratings with NXT. Black and Gold had a better chance of, you know, competing than they are now. But yeah, like Vince has his ideas and different strategies, like. Vince wants to mold people his way. That's why, you know, you don't see, like, a lot of, like, you know, they do sign, like, you know, some pro wrestlers, but they're more uh, catering to, you know, people with, like, you know, social media following, you know, people who look at the good, you know, physique and look, who who has already, you know, already a baseline where he could mold off and say, all right, I could play off of this, and I'm going to mold you the way I want you to be molded. Or when, like, he brings on a Gigi or a Cora and, and people like that, I'm sure they had strong media followings when they came in. I think that's factored in to these young indie talents. Triple H says things like, he said something to the effect of, we don't want people with bad habits, and then we have to spend all of our time breaking those habits. It's just easier to go with somebody that doesn't know anything than somebody that thinks they know. He didn't say that, but that's what it felt like he was saying, that it's easier to go with somebody that knows nothing than somebody that thinks they know everything, like Seth did. But the flip side of that, of course, is, 
look where Seth is. Yeah, exactly. Like Seth actually took the time. Like you know, he he opened up. Like I know, like a lot. Like Seth came like from Ring of Honor and wrestled other places. You know, I know how he is. He's like the classic indie guy that's so protective of himself. Where was it? Like how the younger generation of indies, I want to say, and how to put it in the right words, but they think they're like. You know, like the old way doesn't work and the new way is where you can flip, flop and fly and do mm-hmm. whatever you do, all kind of craziness where they miss fundamentals in the match. With, like the newbies in, in the NXT were trying to mold these guys like I played uh, professional chess and now I got a big social media following and <laughs> I'm going to be on TV and I'm going to do a match. And you're missing components. I did this move. Look at this. You right. did a move. So like Road Dog said, there's always a setup for the match. You need to have in the perfect in a match, you need to have psychology. There's got to be a reason why you do a certain move. And what Jody always told me, don't, uh, do, it was a no wasted movement. Don't do like certain moves uh, like and waste it. Like, um, let's see how it is. Like the super kick. Like a super kick is an impactful finishing move. But you see someone do it like 10 times a match, that's just a wasted maneuver. And you look at, look, like, look at Undertaker. Like, um, like he makes his match, like every move is impactful. Like you see him like uh, do that flying thing over the top rope. There's a reason why he does that, and he does it once because it means something. He may because right. he does it one time, like old school, one time. There's, every movement has to mean something. You can't do it three thousand times. Like, oh, I'm going to do this, and the crowd's going to pop. Crowd like, oh, first time, yeah. Second time, okay. Third time, we saw that. <laughs> right. You gotta have psychology. You gotta have psychology in the match. They gotta be. They gotta be. This wrestling is art form. You gotta have A, B, and C. You can't have A and C. Right, and you can't have a a a a a a a c. Yeah, it's like when you're playing Xbox. I'm playing the controller. Like I'm I'm playing the character. I'm doing I'm doing a a a. Always doing is doing the kick move. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So um, let's put a let's put a bow on this thing. You kind of feel like you understand where WD, WWE is headed. Yeah. It's like for for business sense, yeah, I know why they're doing it for because you know they got to make that dollar. <laughs> like uh, like Teddy will always tell me, I got to make that dollar, player. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make money off it because they're global. So uh, like right. um, like well, what's that old saying? Like you know, not be a lot of fun fa- events. Fa- you know, I'm not a big fan of his either, but he's a, bi- a smart businessman where a lot of promotions think local, but he thinks global. Well, we'll get, you know, keep this company going where the day he dies and it keeps going and going and going and bringing money in. That's why he's bringing all these people in because social media is, is it's going to take over. The, it's taking over the world. It took over the world. To me, I think the world would be a better place if we don't have social media because less stress levels. <laughs> but, yeah, like the social media following, more eyes on the product, want to bring money in. Right. But, yeah, like, I, you know, I understand what he's doing for like a business sense. But I don't have to like it because I feel like he stepped away from what everybody truly loves and what everybody grew up loving is professional wrestling. Now, now, <laughs> now is there a big indie scene in the Atlanta area? Oh, yeah. Atlanta's a big indie scene. AEW station out here. The training facilities here. <laughs> okay. Now, I think you said you um, got you in some of your stunt work, you interacted with some AEW people. Is that right? Yeah, they mostly do AEW dark. But, yeah, some of them will come like my to my stunt school and like they were like, do a little th- do do a couple of classes and that, but you know most of it they mostly focus on wrestling. But they were coming in here like you know it's pretty much to have fun, right? Well, also I mean it, it's the same skill set. 
Yeah, like that's how I got in the stuntman business. Like right. I got booked when they saw me and I could fall, I could take hits, I could take bumps. It's like just like wrestling, stuntman work is wrestling. So pro wrestling is like like physical theater. Like it's like stunt acting, let's say that. Right, right. Yeah. Now, to me, hopefully what they're doing is they're finding someone who has a physicality that will allow them to do this this job. But they're also mm-hmm. finding a lot of these people also have social media followings, whatever, whatever, whatever. They bring them yep. into Tampa, and they put them in the developmental center. And that's where they have to prove that they want to be wrestlers. They need to, like, I wish it was more like the power plant where, you know, Sarge is out there, and he will pull it out of you where he's like, I will, I will freaking know if you want to be here or not. Like, <laughs> Sarge is brutal. <laughs> like, right. Jody will say, we'll see who has the heart. Because during the power plant thing, when they had, like, uh, I, was in a, uh, I think it was a baby that time when they had the commercial but right where it's like wrestling tryouts for the wcw power plant come here and i remember jordy did an interview and it's probably on youtube somewhere it's like <laughs> we're gonna see who has the heart and who truly wants to be here and sarge put him through the ringer and he people are vomiting puking passing out and that's what we needed the developmental like yes they you know they're great athletes for football whatever they want to do but you know respect the business and if you want to be in this business, we will, and if you don't respect it, we'll make you respect it. And then you'll learn. And if you love it, great, you're here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they gotta like, you know show show like professional wrestling is you know is it's truly for what is how should I put it? Your heart's got to be in the right place for this business. Right, because it's a grind. Yeah, it's a grind. It's brutal mentally and physically. You gotta truly have passion for it. Right. Like, you know, it's a great it's a great business because you, know, you just gotta have the love. Right, because some of the great, great pro wrestlers, Brock Lesnar, Roman, oh, yeah. Mark Henry, you, you go down the line, Bradshaw, Ron Simmons, Taker was a basketball player, um, Kevin Nash was a basketball player. You know, These guys were all in other sports, and when that ran out, they transitioned over, but they went through what, you're, what you consider a much harder initiation process. You'd like them to... You'd like them to turn the AC off at the at the performance center. <laughs> yeah, like you stop, like you stop coddling them and make them grow it out. Like yeah, like the like take off the training wheels and someone like Ron Simmons and Taker and then they put in the work, put in the hours, road time, travel the world. Like they work the Indies, make them you know make them really work for it. Yeah, I can, <laughs> I can tell you're not bitter at all. <laughs> I know. I had to go. I had to work all this stuff. It's like this whole time I could have played for like I don't know. I could have freaking like got a scholarship to play. I don't know soccer or tennis or I'm not tall enough to do basketball. Maybe I could have played a football player and I could have done this right <laughs> running around the independent circuit. <laughs> Maybe you could have done as as the immortal Big E said, bump that and just used your phone to get there. Exactly. Biggie at the, was at the right place at the right time. <laughs> yeah, and, and he did say, and I thought that was interesting, because Biggie went through the defensive lineman, got hurt path, and then winds up, yep. you know, his, his buddy, I mean, his, I think, position coach or strength and conditioning coach or something knew somebody with WWE, and he winds up getting there, and he winds up going through OVW. That's one thing that frustrated Seth, I think, was, and I've heard Seth say it, so I don't think. He was there, and he was the one wrestler. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, Seth the, is a legit pro. He was having to deal with the biggies and the Romans and all those guys that were having to learn, and so he's out there take, doing bump classes with these guys. And he, you know, he walked away from wrestling in New Japan or wrestling at any of these other 
places that wanted him to be there, and yet he's still sitting here in the same area taking the same bumps as these guys that never worked before, and it frustrated him. I remember him telling the story that uh, Joey Mercury came up to him and said, hey, what if we signed Moxley? And Seth was like, man, I would love to have another wrestler around here. You know, and because <laughs> yeah. everybody else was yeah, a football player, fantastic. Be- was beating him up. You know, so I, I think that they're, I get where you're coming from, and I fully understand your frustration level, and yeah, I, and I understand that you you believe like I believe that dark is somewhat of a developmental for them. Yeah, it's like their version of NXT. I want to say, right? It's the yeah, and. I hope that the veteran play, as we've said, the quotes that are coming down, the veteran indie guys that have made a name for themselves, it feels like they're going to wind up in your impacts, your New Japans, your AEWs Mm -hmm. for the foreseeable future. And then if if you come on and you can make a a big hit, a big scene, and you have potential, you still have a shot because they're signing 15, you know, they're signing, let's say, 10 guys to a class. You know, five of them will be athletes, or seven of them will be athletes, and four of them will be uh, young indie people, and then see who makes it through the grind. Man, I tell you what, I just hope that AEW stays strong because we need the people that are on the indie circuits to have a goal. Exactly. Because they have, like, AEW could buy Ring of Honor, which, you know, it's good to have Ring of Honor back because. You need your Ring of Honors. You need your AEW. AEW is like the pinnacle for, for, for professional wrestling. AEW is like the pinnacle for that because you get TV time. You get to travel the world. And, you know, in other promotions, you get to do that too. But AEW is like the pinnacle for that. And then you got New Japan, which is amazing. Right. Triple uh, A is also good too. And there's a bunch of, you know, we got a lot of good promotions that we need them to stay open. Right. Correct. And we need the indie scene to be strong. And it's funny, the offshoot of, hopefully the offshoot of an AEW will be that the indie scene gets strengthened because it felt like maybe it hurt it for a little bit. But as as people go to AEW, other people start joining the business and, and those places get filled. And I, I'm looking forward to what we have going on in the future. Man, Blake, thank you for giving me your time. Oh, man, thank you for having me on here. This is fun. All right, man. Hey, do me a favor. Tell everybody where they can find you again. Uh, you can find me uh, on Instagram at Blake Beretta, and also on Twitter I'm Blake Beretta. And also you can check out the Banging and Clanging Sports Podcast too, where me and Crossmo's on there, and also the Clanging Bang YouTube page where you can see, you know, see all the faces and the crazy antics and workouts we do. I appreciate anybody who listened. Thank you so much. Like, subscribe, enjoy, watch pro wrestling, and you know what? I like I like sports entertainment too. Yeah, poison is not bad. So you gotta have a little, you know, a little. What is it? Little, little, little. What is it? Frosting on the side. To me, like you said, it's such a great art form and such a unique way to tell stories. And as long as we have places for indie wrestlers to go and make a living, I don't mind as much WWE going outside of the realm. Exactly. Yeah, like like I don't mind that either. Like you know, they gotta do what they gotta do for business purposes. And as long as we get these other companies to take care of it, indie wrestling, we get 
you know, live action professional wrestling from them. Hey, it's great. Yep. Check out our friends yeah. at check out our friends at the Game Project, the G I N N Project.com. Check out our friends at the Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. Scroll around and even listen to our podcast on there. And folks, go home. <laughs> 